This is what you say in English. Every week, you will listen to Frank's professional advice on speaking for exam preparation or for your personal development. You will get valuable advice on how to use grammar, vocabulary, discourse, and pronunciation. This is Season 2, Episode 1. Hello everyone and welcome to season two. It's unbelievable that after a whole year and having to cut down season one um, short because um, you know that when spring comes, I literally lo lose my voice. Um, but you know, um, I think I, I would have to readjust the the second season as well because you know when when spring comes, Madrid becomes. Oh, a nightmare for me because, um, you know, the allergies affect me seriously. But, you know, here I am with uh, my batteries charged and ready for second season. This has been a very interesting year because during the summer holidays, I received a lot of messages from people and I promise I will answer them uh, as soon as possible. The thing is that I've been preparing for the new year. There are a lot of incredible projects that I'm, you know, thinking about. Uh, also, from the place where I work, I you remember that I work for a Cambridge exam center and also for an English academy and new projects, new ideas are coming. And I'm very excited. I can't tell you right now, but <laughs> rest assured that good things will come. And for all of those people who have written me, uh, have written, sent messages and recordings, don't worry, because um, I will take my time to answer back and I will showcase you on my podcast. During the summer, I collaborated with Ben Gill. Ben Gill is a YouTuber and he's, well, primarily he's a, is an English teacher and he also records videos. He makes incredible videos on how to prepare for the different sections of the Cambridge exams. You know, first certificate, B2, C1, proficiency. He has done mock exams. He has given a lot of feedback and he has a lot of incredible things to say. And I will post the uh, address so you can subscribe to his channel and participate. And I have received a lot of messages from people who have discovered my podcast through Ben. So Ben, listen, thank you very much for sending those people over. And one of the collaborations that I did with Ben was uh, answering questions that uh, people had about the Cambridge exams. Uh, you know, pressing questions, and sometimes teachers don't have a lot of access um, to those questions. In my case, um, I I learned a lot of things. A lot of the, the answers that I gave Ben um, came from the experience of uh, taking part in different uh, Cambridge sessions, and not only for examiners. I mean, I've, I've taken... Um, webinars and training sessions for everybody, for any teacher. And, you know, little by little, you get to learn a lot of the things and secrets to the Cambridge exams. Of course, now that I'm working for a Cambridge exam center, I have access to a lot more information. Um, I can't disclose everything, but I can give you a very good idea about what the, um, you know, what entails the the whole process of taking the exam 
the things you can do, the things you cannot do, and, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, um, you know, people might be asking about. All of these instructions will be devoted to candidates, candidates instructions, and I will cover all the different steps. The different steps go from, uh, there are five steps. Um, before you start the written, the first written component, um, the second step is instructions to candidates for all written components except listening. Uh, for step three, I will explain how to finish the component, the, the, the component, except the listening, of course. Um, step four is instructions to candidates for the listening test. And of course, uh, step five is finishing the listening test. Remember that the listening is the last thing you do in the exam. Step one, before you start the first written component, um, the center will make sure that all electronic devices will be taken off you and they will be kept safe in little plastic bags with your name, ID and your candidate number. Don't worry, they will be kept safe and you will not have access to those devices until you finish the exam. In some centers, for example, when you have a, a long break, depending on the timing, uh, you can have a long break between after the second written component, after you do the writing, between the writing and the listening. Some some centers give you like a 30 minute break um, in the center where I work. Uh, we don't. We don't give a break. I mean, we do. Uh, it's a comfort break, just a comfort break. You go to the toilet, you sit, go back to the seat and. Um, but you don't have access to, to any of your uh, devices. Remember that uh, smart watches are considered uh, electronic devices and they cannot, uh, you cannot use them in the exam room. If you have just a regular wristwatch, there, you have to remove the wristwatch and put it on the table, visible to the invigilator. Um, you should not have anything in your hands like you know bra uh, bracelets or try try not try to go without any jewelry like flashy jewelry except earrings of course and uh, chains and necklaces and things like that but on your arms you should not have anything that makes sound that can be distracting to other candidates so the wristwatches, if it's a regular wristwatch, you have to remove it and place it on top of the desk. Um, remember that you have to follow the instructions. The invigilator will explain everything to the candidates and they, they will say that, you know, they, they cannot use uh, any of, of the devices until after the last written component. Uh, it will be made abundantly clear that you will be disqualified if you have any electronic item in the exam room during the exam or use them during the breaks, you can use them right outside the center if the center gives you a long break, like a 30 minute break. You also have to complete a candidate information sheet before a component. And that sheet will, uh, basically it will be for statistics. It will contain 
a lot of questions on your background, your first language, you know, your age and where you come from. I mean, it's a long sheet and you will have time to complete it. You don't have to complete it um, before. I mean, you 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 will have the, the sheet with you um, as long as you need. And you can actually finish it between uh, uh, written components in the exam. Um, in this, and uh, you will have to keep it, and until you know the examiner, sorry, the invigilator uh, collects it. How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? TakeIELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance, written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, during checkout. the second step, uh, instructions to candidates for all written uh, components are given, you know, and this except, except the listening. If candidates are not already seated, um, you will be invited to sit at your desks and you will receive help to find your desks and make sure that you are sitting in the right place. On top of the, the desk, you will have a tag with your name, candidate number, and all the important information for uh, for you to take the exam. And you have to let the invigilator know if there is a mistake, because that information comes directly from the registration that you did. And if there was a mistake, the certificate in the end, the once you receive it, will come with that mistake. So you have to make sure that all the information contained in the tag that is, um, you know, with uh, sellotape on the desk contains the correct information. Uh, you receive information about, you know, we're going to start your exam soon. This is your last chance to hand in an electronic items without being disqualified. You still, if you still have any anything electronic, including mobile phones, um, you have to switch them up. Sometimes there are cases, for example, for people who are doctors or people who work um, very important jobs and they need to have access to their phones, they need to be in silent mode or vibration. They cannot distract anyone. And you have to let the examiner know beforehand and the supervisor of the center beforehand. Uh, because I, we understand, I mean, there are doctors, for example, that might be on duty and they would, you know, have to be on call, available on call. And in the middle of the exam, of course, it will affect your performance because no time will be deducted. I mean, if you receive a phone call, an important phone call, you have to, uh, you know, uh, leave the room and literally you will be losing that precious time to do the exam. 
Another thing is your ID. Of course, when you get to the center, remember that you have to arrive at least 30 minutes before. And that that is because, according to the instructions, it's usually 15 minutes um, before each component. But if you haven't left the exam center, you're, you've been in the exam center the whole time, you only have to check your ID once, once you arrive. And of course they have to do that. They take you to take you the picture and everything and they check that everything is all right. I mean, you can, you can be in the exam room with your ID as well. And the ID has to be visible on top of the desk. Um, you know, remember that pencil cases, ID wallets, bottles, and the bottles have to be transparent. If, if, if it's a bottle of water, for example, you want to drink water, they have to be in, in clear containers. Um, and try not to uh, uh, bring to the exam room any uh, metal bottles or anything that you cannot see the liquid inside. Okay, so it has to be a transparent bottle, uh, a clear bottle, so you know everyone can can see that it's water that you you bring into the to the exam room. And remember that you know pencil cases, ID wallets, and any unauthorized item or or notes, and they need to be checked. And, um, you know, the pencil cases are usually left open, but you can bring uh, all, you know, all those materials. I will, I will speak about the materials in a, in a moment. Then you will hear the instructions from the invigilator or any supervisor or responsible for the exam to run and, and watch over you during the exam. Um, you might probably want to take notes because this is this is quite, you know, little, you know, it's, it's like following a list. Uh, you will be reminded that you will be under exam conditions. You have to follow the, in, the invigilator's instructions. If you need help, you need to put your hand up. Um, you will be uh, told that you're there to take this exam, for example, reading and use of English. Um, you know, the, the name of the component will be visible. Um, and you will be instructed to check your candidate number on your desk to make sure that you are sitting in the correct place. You must not keep or use any unauthorized items such as dictionaries, erasable pens. I know this question came up in one of Ben's videos. Um, sorry, but no erasable pens. Uh, uh, basically, the idea of the erasable pens is that um, it creates smudges and the, the writing is scanned. Um, because, you know, the whole process of assessing the writing is done, uh, you know, at a distance. All the writing examiners are UK based, mostly, and they uh, access a scanned version of your writing. So when they do the scanning, if you erase the with an erasable pen, the smudge will appear. And um, 
this is very important because if you make a mistake, just cross it out. Okay. And remember that no correction fluid or tape correction tape is allowed. Um, recently I've heard about cases in which, uh, one of my, um, invigilators heard someone in this, in the, in the exam room. And there was a sound like a very annoying sound, like in when the invigilator noticed it was one candidate using a correction tape. One of those tapes that, that you have to, you know, um, cross over, you know, you, you pass it over the, the word. And of course, um, the invigilator had to come to the, to the candidate and say, you cannot, you're not allowed to, to use that if you don't want to be disqualified. And of course, uh, in that case, if you do that, in that case, just cross it out, cross everything out and write again. If you need an extra booklet for writing, uh, for the writing section, um, you can ask for another one. Okay. Um, we, uh, the exam center does not have a, you know, like an endless supply of writing booklets, but you know, one or two extras they usually have. Okay. Uh, remember, you will be reminded also that you are only allowed to keep on your desk a pen, pencil, eraser, pencil sharpener, your ID, and water in a plastic bottle, as I said before. Your ID must be on your desk during each section of the exam. Uh, of course, I, I don't need to remind you that if you cheat, you will be disqualified. Cheating includes, and pay attention to this, copying continuing to write after you have been told to stop. Remember that when the exam stops, um, the, you, you hear that the, the person, the invigilator says, pencils down, you have to stop writing. If you continue, that is considered cheating. Or using prepared notes. Of course, some people memorize things like a list of connectors. If you write them down, um, once the exam starts, that's no problem. Of course, it's not a problem because you remember it. But if you bring a prepared list, like a, like a crib sheet, you know, like a cheat, uh, cheat sheet of, you know, already prepared from home. No, that, that is considered cheating. I mean, it's a classic example of cheating. Um, it also includes helping other candidates or allowing another person to do all or part of your exam. I know this is very unlikely, but you never know. Sometimes you have um, 50 people, 100 people taking the exam. And of course, depending on the number of uh, candidates, for example, uh, you I think every center has to uh, put one invigilator or one usher for every 20 candidates, oh, 20 or 25. I'm not really, I don't remember exactly, but every 20 uh, candidates, there will be an extra, um, you know, uh, invigilator.
of course, if you use any electronic uh, items during the exam or breaks, you will be disqualified. No, there's no secret to this. If you need a toilet break during the test, you must put your hand up and wait in your seat. You cannot leave the exam room for toilet breaks during the last 10 minutes of the test. This is very important. You can go, one, even when the exam has started, you can go to the toilet. Just put your hand up and you will be escorted to the, to the exam, to the toilet. But during the last 10 minutes, you cannot go. You have to uh, wait until the exam finishes. If you finish your, the test early, um, you, you can put your hand up and wait in your seat. You, you cannot leave the, the exam room permanently in the first 30 minutes or the last 10 minutes of the exam. Okay. And remember that you have to check your name uh, on the answer sheet or booklet. If it is correct, sign your name. You have to put your signature um, where it's indicated. You have to read the instructions on the answer sheets, whether it, it is uh, reading and use of English or um, uh, the reading and use of English, listening also. Um, you have to read the instructions. They're very, very clear. Um, and they will tell you, they will let you know whether you have to write with pen or pencil. Okay. Everything is very clear. Um, in any case, the, the invigilator will tell you. Okay. If your name is not on the answer sheet or booklet, write your name in English letters, your candidate number and center number in the uh, space provided. And this can happen. I mean, sometimes the answer sheets come already printed with your name, but it happens, for example, that you were a late uh, registration to the exam and there wasn't enough time uh, for Cambridge to process your ID and everything. But of course, you will be given a candidate number. Of course, um, you have to write it and you will be given a blank answer sheet. If your name is not correct, put your hand up and let the invigilator know. Then all the um, answer sheets will be distributed and the instructions and the question papers, and you cannot open them. You will have to open them once you're instructed. For the listening, which is the last part, um, the recording comes with the instructions and you have to listen carefully to the instructions because the recording says something like, um, this is the Cambridge listening test. Da, 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 da. I will give you the instructions for these uh, tests. Da, 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 da. And then please ask any questions now or uh, you must not speak during the test. And when the recording says, now open your question paper and look at part one. That's when you open the question paper. If you do it before, it will be considered cheating. Very important to remember. Remember also to read the instructions for each part of the test carefully. Um, on the cover, you will see the instructions for candidates, the number of questions, how many points each question carries, and everything regarding each part of the exam. You have to read those instructions. Make sure also that your writing is clear and easy to read. Okay. Write only your answers and nothing else on the answer sheet. Okay. Do not scribble. Do not do anything outside the boxes or the squares, the tiny little squares. Actually, they have a name. They, they're called lozenges, a lozenge. Um, and 
Um, the tiny little squares that you have to shade with the correct answer, if, whether it is A, B, C, or D, you know, depending on the multiple choice. But sometimes you have to write letters and every letter in capital letters in every square, following the instructions, the, the clear instructions in the answer sheet. Uh, write only your answers, nothing else. Put the correct answer on the correct box. Do not write outside the box, okay? Um, for the reading and use of English, and um, yeah, reading and use of English, you have to use pencil for the test. Use an eraser to correct, to correct the mistake. So when you shade a box, do not do it very strongly um, because you might probably have to erase it. Um, for the reading and use of English, you will not have extra time to transfer the answers. And I understand that a lot of candidates want to answer in the booklet. In the booklet, you can do anything. You can write, you can underline, you can do whatever you want. If you bring highlighters, uh, highlighters are also um, accepted. Um, if you bring highlighters, um, you can use them on the booklet. And the booklet will be destroyed. I mean, after they're picked up, when the part is finished, they're basically taken to a company. It's a, it's a dedicated company that picks them up and destroys them and leaves no, you know, it's for confidentiality, you know, all those things. Um, so you can do anything in the booklet, but remember that you'll, you're not given extra time to transfer the answers. So, uh, you have to make sure that once you finish a section on the, um, on the booklet, make sure that you transfer the answers immediately to the answer sheet. Okay. You can uh, write on the question paper, you know, but you must copy your answers on the answer sheet before the end of the test. For the writing section, you can only use a black or dark blue pen for the test. If you need extra paper for your notes, you can ask for them. Uh, copy your answers to the answer sheet or booklet, in this case is a booklet, uh, before the test ends, as the extra paper will be destroyed. Remember to write within the spaces on your answer sheet or booklet. You know, it, it comes with lines. It's like a lined paper of a notebook. And you have to make sure that you write between the lines. Um, I know that a lot of people write right above, I mean, like on top of the, the line, but it's a lot better if you write just between the lines. I mean, there's enough space for that. Um, and for the second part, this is something that uh, candidates usually forget. For the writing section, make sure that you write the task you're doing. Remember that task one is part one. And um, depending on the exam, if you're uh, taking the B2, C1, or proficiency, or any other exam, you, you have a tiny, uh, it's not a tiny box, but it's a box in which you have to specify which task, whether it is two, three, or four, you know, you have to put the number. The third step 
um, concerns the finishing the component, except for the listening, of course. Um, you are given, to, um, you know, like you're told there are 10 minutes, you have 10 minutes left. Make sure your answers are on the answer sheets or booklets in the correct box um, before the test ends. And you have to make sure that your answers are written inside each box. Do not write anything outside the boxes. And if you have finished, stay in your seat until the test has finished. Remember that you are not allowed to leave the room um, in the last um, 30 minutes, I think. Um, then you receive a five minute warning. Um, you know, you have five minutes left and make sure da 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 da. I mean, it's another reminder when the component has finished, um, you will hear these, um, this phrase, the test has now finished. Stop writing and put your pens or pencils down. Please stay in your seat until all test materials have been collected and you have been told you can leave. Do not take take any test materials out of the room. Okay. Um, and we're very sorry, but if you haven't transferred the answers to the answer sheet, there is nothing you can do. So that's why you have to make sure that you have practiced, you have done mock exams and you know how to tackle each part and how to do it effectively within the time for the listening section, which is the last one. Um, if you haven't um, left the exam, the exam center, like if you haven't received the, the 30 minute break, um, you will hear again all the instructions, you know, the beginning, you know, the ones that you are now under exam conditions, you must follow, you must follow my instructions, blah, blah, blah. You're here to take the listening, please check your candidate number and, you know, all the long list of instructions again. But if you haven't left the exam center, you will not hear it. I mean, you basically, the invigilator will make sure uh, that the listening is, is um, it's, you can hear the listening in the room. And this is a source of complaint, uh, of complaints from candidates that, you know, the, the ones that are sitting next to the speaker usually hear the, the listening better. Um, but of course, every exam center takes all the necessary measures to make sure that everybody can listen. And the first part of the recording is played to make sure that everybody can listen. If you have any problem with the listening that you cannot distinguish or anything, you have to raise your hand and let the invigilator know that you cannot hear properly. Okay. And this is one of the biggest differences between the paper and pencil and the computer-based exam. I know that the computer-based is not available for all the um, um, modalities of the exam. I know, for example, that uh, if you take the B2 first for schools or the preliminary for schools, or if you take the, um, well, the advanced doesn't come from school for schools. But if you take any of the for schools versions, um, there is no computer based exam. I'm sorry to say, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that uh, the computer based exam and I, uh, I know that a lot of people are, are afraid of the computer based exams, but it comes with a lot of advantages. Uh, one of the advantages is the listening. I mean, the listening is you hear the listening in headphones. You have to wear headphones. Um, it's in a computer in front of you. It's a special browser that locks the whole computer screen. You have no access to anything else in the computer and you have to introduce your candidate number 
and your name, something like that. And that's it. And that's when you get access to the exam and uh, you can you can regulate the volume in in the in the headphones and it's very comfortable you know like there are no distractions um the number of people in the exam room is fewer i mean there are fewer people and i mean it's of course it's very comfortable another advantage is um that you get the results in two weeks isn't that amazing because in the regular paper and pencil you know the paper-based exam you sometimes have to wait like three months because the results are checked manually checked um in cambridge i mean all the the exams have to be sent um to a to an assessment hub um except for the speaking because remember the speaking is done um in the exam center and um you know you have to wait a long time and in that case for example um for the computer based in two weeks you get the results very very quick during the listening uh, you have to answer on the booklet um, of course you will be given five minutes at the end of the test to transfer all the answers to the answer sheet and you that's enough time i mean that's a lot of time to transfer all the answers um, remember that only part two um, is you know the part in which you have to write letters the other sections are just um you know shading boxes um and it's it doesn't take a lot of time and you but of course you have to make sure you follow the numbering of the questions and then you're not leaving anything out make sure that you know you don't make a mistake with the numbers okay um and of course um you know uh, after the listening is done everything is collected and uh, this you know takes us to step five which is finishing the listening test um, when the, the test is finished, you have to stop writing and put your pencils down. Uh, you have to remain in your seats until all test materials have been collected and you have been told that you can leave. Um, you can, of course, as with other parts of the exam, you cannot take any materials out of the room except the materials that you brought with you. You know, the pencils and, you know, all the you know, materials like sharpeners and erasers and, you know, rubbers and all of those things. For the speaking component, um, I know that I've talked about it. I mean, if you've, if you've followed my podcast from the beginning, I mean, there is very little that I can tell you about the speaking exam. But in terms of uh, you as a candidate, um, you, of course, you have to wait until you, uh, it's your turn to come inside the, the exam room with the examiners. Uh, you have to follow the instructions of the supervisor or any uh, person in charge of the speaking to, you know, keeping control of all the candidates because um, candidates have to go in pairs. You have to wait just outside the room. And remember that depending on the exam, I mean, the timing can be different. For example, if it's B1 preliminary, uh, the, the speaking lasts for about 12 minutes. And if it's for the first, it lasts for about uh, 14 minutes. If it's for the advanced, it's uh, usually 15, 16 minutes. And if it's proficiency, for example, it lasts longer. It's, uh, I think it's uh, 18 minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. I have to check my booklet. But um, in after that time, 
Um, there's a turnover time, which is usually around two minutes. And in those two minutes, um, either the supervisor or the speaking examiners will open the door again. Um, and then they will invite the other couple to come in and do the, the speaking exam. Um, and, you know, this is the, the turnover time just to keep, you know, the exam going. Um, you have to make sure that you relax. I mean, if you haven't been given a couple, a partner to do the speaking exam, remember that you can uh, go with a friend. If, if you know anybody, if you know any person who's taking the exam with you, you can you can tell the supervisor, even though that you have different candidate numbers, you can take the exam with your preferred person because, you know, it makes you feel more comfortable. Um, but if you don't have anyone to take the exam, I know that a lot of people can be a little bit of an introvert. Um, you can, you know, make uh, no, I mean, talk a little bit with the people just before doing the speaking and, you know, like find a, a person, a partner. Okay. And I know that there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of, you know, like when you're waiting um, to be examined, I know that it can be really stressful. But overall, the speaking goes really fast. I mean, you just have to wait for your turn. And once uh, your turn has come, um, you enter the exam room. And, you know, the examiners are people that are trained to be friendly and they will receive you with a smile. And if you ever take the exam with me, you will, I will make sure that, um, you know, everything is to your liking. I mean, like, I will make sure that you feel the, the least stressed possible because, you know, what we want from you is that you feel relaxed. Now that we're in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic, um, of course, a lot of centers are taking precautions um, in terms of, you know, keeping the social distance. Um, in the center where I'm working, um, we have pictures for every candidate and candidates are asked not to touch any of the material. Of course, we are at a, at a prudential uh, distance. Um, you know, uh, the two candidates are seated at, you know, at two different tables and the examiner has to stand up and, you know, turn, flip the, the pictures. And so you can do part two, part three, and you know, so on and so forth. And every candidate has their own set of pictures. Um, other centers have done other creative ways of, for example, like they have a projector or, or they have a TV screen, they have scanned the pictures and everything. So you can see everything on a screen. I mean, like it depends on the center, basically. But you know that uh, COVID-19 regulations must be followed. Of course, that includes wearing masks uh, when you're in on the premises, like uh, taking any part of the exam, you have to wear a mask and the temperature is taken when you arrive and any moment that you leave the room or leave the exam center and come back, um, that your temperature is taken. Um, regarding the pictures, and I know that this is very common I and mean, it happens with exams like IELTS. Um, sometimes because of your religion, you have to cover your face and that's completely understandable. In that situation, for example, it's usually, it's women, you know, that have to cover their faces. That's no problem because they usually have a, another female part of the staff of the exam center that can take you apart to a different room so they can verify your ID because your ID must be checked and a picture must be taken. 
And of course, that is for official purposes only. Nobody else has access to that information. So, um, you know, all the measures and precautions are taken. Regarding the um, mark sheets, you know, in the speaking test, um, before the COVID-19 pandemic, um, the mark sheets were given to the candidates because it was part of the exam after the introductions. For example, uh, good afternoon, my name is Frank and this is my colleague, blah, blah, blah. Um, and your names are, may I have your names? And then you say your names. After that, the examiner says, um, may I have your mark sheets, please? Or can I have your mark sheets, please? Um, in some centers, and we have done that in our center, in some centers, they don't give the mark sheets to the students. The mark sheets are given directly um, from the supervisor to the examiners. So uh, candidates don't can uh, don't touch them. Uh, they don't, uh, they can't touch them. So in that case, for example, that tiny phrase from the um, frame, from the uh, interlocutor's script is taken out. It's, it's not said. So that's another, another change due to COVID-19. But basically, the exams have been carried out with no problem. We haven't had any problems. I haven't heard of any situation or any outbreak or any problem of someone getting infected um, because of, you know, taking the exam, all the necessary precautions are taken and the measures and the cleaning and, and everything is usually handled by very specific people, um, you know, as usual, because it's, it's, the, these exams are highly confidential. No one, um, apart from the, uh, invigilators have access to the booklets or materials. Actually, all the envelopes that the exam center receives, um, are sealed and they must be open exactly before the exam starts for every section. Um, so that keeps the confidentiality of the exam and the reliability and, and you know, all those things. Now, finally, what about those people that have problems and they cannot take the exam on the designated time? Well, that depends on the center. Um, I've heard about centers, for example, allowing students to take the exam another date. Um, uh, for example, depending on the number of students, for example, if more than two or three students, candidates um, cannot make it to the exam, sometimes the center will arrange for another day in which they can take the exam. Of course, they will take another version of the exam, not the same one. And uh, of course, you know, that... Uh, you know, it's it's part of the arrangements that you can come with the exam, the exam center. Of course, you have to let the um, exam center know that you have a problem. If you arrive late um, to the speaking part, you know that the speaking can happen either on the same day you take the other components of the exam or it can take place uh, a couple of days before the day before or the day after the exam in the morning or in the afternoon. I mean, it depends on, on every center, but uh, if it's on another day, for example, and you have difficulty because of traffic or you know you're gonna be late, and of course you have to let the exam center know 
that you're arriving late so they can take all the precautions, you know, they can take all the measures and they can, you know, uh, put you in another uh, couple. And of course, um, this is something that all exam centers avoid as much as possible. And it's leaving three candidates because remember that you take the speaking with another. I mean, it's just the ratio is two examiners and two uh, candidates. But the ratio can also be two examiners, three candidates. Um, but of course, the exam center tries to avoid this as much as possible. Okay. Um, if in any case, there are no candidates left and you arrive at the very last minute and you don't have a candidate, the exam center might probably uh, ask one of the people who have already taken the exam that day and ask them, if course, of course, if they want to stay, uh, ask them to stay a little longer and wait for you so they can do the exam. It's this is what we call a dummy partner, okay? And the dummy partner, of course, is not assessed. That person has already received uh, their mark, and whether it, if it was a girl or a boy, I mean, they have received their mark. And this is something that has to be made abundantly clear that they will not be tested again, okay? Um, and, of course, the... the they, they only take part so you can do the exam, so that you can be assessed, okay? And, of course, the exam center will try to comply with anybody having a problem. Um, exam centers are not inflex. I mean, like, they, they're quite flexible regarding problems and, and you know, last-minute difficulties that candidates may have. So uh, you have to make sure that you talk to your exam center. If you have any problem let them know about it. Well, this is the end of today's episode. It's a good, it's so good to be back again. Um, remember that if you have any questions after listening to this, my email is podcast at languageteaching.es. You can drop me a line. You can use the website, um, what you say in English, uh, wordpress.com. And, I will gladly answer all your questions. And if you want to be interviewed or showcased in my podcast, remember that I'm always here to listen to you, to what you say in English, and I will give you my feedback. I'm very, very happy, again, to have received so much love and comments from everybody. So thank you very much. And until next week, bye-bye.